You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. So Matt Hamilton's forgetting his headphones. Alex Gravatt, who's producing the show today, forgets to play a clip. And Jim Rutledge forgot to show up for work. Forgetful bunch today. <laughs> it's I would like to say I didn't forget the clip. I rather just recorded right over it. <laughs> Aren't you proud? It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. I'm Alex Strofin for Jim Rutledge today alongside the Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton. Hello. And we, of course, are brought to you by our friends at Coors Light, Matt. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's crush a deliciously cold Coors Light. Yeah, when the mountains are blue, that means it's deliciously cold. We are live from the Everlight Solar Studio downtown Madison here on 100.5 ESPN. The ESPN app, Wisconsin On Demand, and streaming live video, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, at ESPN Madison. If you want to watch the shenanigans that will surely occur today. You can find that streaming live across well, Dad's not many here, platforms. So we, right, we which means uh, we don't have any Chicago Bears propaganda to go no over. No Bears like propaganda. We, like we did yesterday. Um, we, we, we can talk positively about the Packers. We can talk positively. You'd be optimistic about the Packers. Yep, yep, indeed. We'll do plenty of that. We'll get to that in a little bit. Plenty to get into today on a Tuesday. Your way into the show is on the ESPN Madison Talk and Text Line. The number for that, 844-770-ESPN, 844-770-3776. Matt, how are you on this fine Tuesday? You good, my friend? I'm great. It is lovely out. Got the dogs out for a walk. Spend a little bit of time outside in the backyard with them this morning throwing the ball. So, had a good morning. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Did a couple chores around the house. I will say, though, Matt, you've been in a bit of a mood today. <laughs> and, and I don't really know what to chalk that up to, right? You got into a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to call quite call it an argument, because I don't think it was quite heated enough to call an argument. But you got into a little spat. A kerfuffle? Uh, a kerfuffle, yeah, good word choice, G, with our content manager, Jesse Nelson. Oh, yeah. A little bit of a kerfuffle. And it just seems like you've been a little pissed off since that. Uh, you all right? No, not not ticked off at all. Don't. <laughs> because I'm still not going to be here on the day I said I wasn't going to be here. <laughs> Let me rephrase. Maybe not pissed off, but ornery? No. Okay. No. Maybe, maybe my gauge for Matt Hamilton's th- happy meter is not quite th- up to snuff since you haven't been here much recently. But I, I, you, you, <laughs> see, you, seem a little, you seem a little ornery today. No, no, we're good. This, I mean, I got a lot of vitamin D outside today. So it is. I am in a good mood from all the sunlight. We're, we're in good shape right now. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, it is Tuesday. He is Matt Hamilton. We'll get to Gold Medal Tuesday in a second, which, of course, is brought to you by the delicious, speaking of delicious beer. Yeah. Lyman Kugels is delicious beer. What are you drinking this time of year? I mean, there's so many choices from the Summer Shandy to the Juicy Peach to the brand new Honey Lemon Light. I mean, what's your favorite? What are you drinking right now from Lyman Kugels? Right now, it's the Honey Lemon Light. Uh, it's delicious. It's refreshing. It, it's great, like, summer beer. Uh, touch A touch of lemon, touch of honey. It's just like super refreshing, and you don't have to feel bad about having a couple of them because they're only 90 calories. Uh, that's because for a close to 150 years, Lineys has been brewing beer with the German-inspired traditions of the homeland of Jacob Leinekugels, kind of twisted with a little bit of that Wisconsin twist that we have come to love. You'll find that spirit alive and well in the category of beards that they have, from Shandy's to IPAs, Weiss to Box, the line of Kugel's Juicy Peach to the Northwoods Amber. They've got a beer flavor for any moment. Go get line of Kugel's wherever you get delicious beer. And remember, you got to be 21 years or older to enjoy. You do indeed. Let's do it. It's time to get into Gold Medal Tuesday here on Rutledge and Hamilton. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. All you got to do is look up in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun? Say yeah! Yeah! Raise the flag. Start the anthem. It's time to recognize the best of the best. Lining Kugels presents Gold Medal Tuesday with Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton. Lining Kugels, flavor the moment. All right, let's get into it each and every Tuesday. Matt Hamilton selects a 
gold medalist, somebody that has intrigued him recently. He also gives out a DFL, which uniquely stands for dead freaking last. Which one do you want to get into first? <clears throat> um, well, I think we got to go with the gold medal. Okay. Gold medal is going to our teammate, our friend, both of them, Chris Orr and Chris Guap. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Orr and Chris Guap. Same person. Same person. Which you did not know. Which I was totally unaware of, thanks to uh, their Twitter handle. But I'm sure you guys have heard it on the Badger update that we've had playing on the station. Chris, former Badger, and again, teammate here at ESPN Madison, is leading the USFL in tackles right now. He's got 28 tackles, two sacks. And uh, just having a really great season in the USFL. So, obviously, we're all wishing him luck for a continued second half to this uh, season. Continued success. And uh, we're going to keep on rolling here. Into the DFLs. Into the DFLs. You said that plural, Maddie. By the way, Chris Orr, tw- 51 tackles. 28 solo tackles. 51 oh, tackles solo to tackles. lead the USFL uh, right now. Yeah, so DFLs. You said that plurally. Yes, Does that mean I we have more did. than one? Well, there's an obvious one. And... Anyone who is a Brewer fan at all knows that the Brewers last night set or tied a franchise record in amount of runs lost by. They lost by 17 runs in an 18-to-1 route. Now, normally, I would say, you know, it's midseason, early season, no big deal. But this is against the last place team in the division. We hate the Cardinals. They are doing terribly this year, and we let them score 18 runs. That's like half of all the runs they've already scored this season. So that's pretty brutal on the Brewers' part. So they're honestly just going to get an honorable mention because there's something that ruffled my feathers even more. Yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, it was brutal. They allowed 10 runs in the eighth. But there's still like 120 games left to play. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, that's why they're just getting the honorable mention and not the full-on DFL. So who gets the full-on DFL? The full-on DFL, and I say this a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it is ruffling my feathers a little bit. I found out today that Michael Phelps is coming (laughs) to Wisconsin to golf in the AmFam Open. And along with Simone Biles and her husband being signed by the Packers and all these gold medalists coming to Wisconsin, I feel like my gold medal thunder is being stolen. And I'm not a fan. So I'm giving it to Michael Phelps and Simone Biles. (laughs) You guys get the DFL because you both have more gold medals than me. So one DFL is not going to hurt you too bad. (laughs) So are are you feeling, because it's no secret, you and I are the same way. We like attention. Yeah. Yeah. And... (laughs) <laughs> you feel as if Michael Phelps with his 23 gold medals and Simone Biles. Oh, he's got like 18, but 23 medals. Maybe 23 medals, regardless. Yes. Come on, Stro. And Simone Biles with her four gold medals, is it? I think it's four gold. She might have, I might be wrong. Regardless, more than one. Which Summer in total. So you feel like the combined roughly 22 gold medals between Phelps and Biles, now both going to be in the state of Wisconsin, is... You know, taking over your marked territory. Just overshadowing a little bit. Taking over your territory. 22 gold medals is a little bit cooler than just one, as far as my math is concerned. (laughs) So are you more mad that Michael Phelps was invited to golf in the AmFam Championship foursome with Andy North and Derek Jeter, or are you more mad that Simone Biles will be a semi-permanent citizen of the state of Wisconsin for the foreseeable future? And that you will no longer be the most famous gold medalist in the state of Wisconsin. One hundred percent, Michael Phelps. Okay. I want to play. I want to play in that golf event. I literally book a different golf event over that week, so I don't have to be reminded that I don't <laughs> even get invited to my hometown course, the course I play league at, in the town where this company is from. Who is, I'm sure, aware that I would love to play in that event. <laughs> so Michael Phelps for stealing my spot in the AmFam is definitely. Uh, definitely more DFL worthy. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I- I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I saw that announcement. I was at the press conference earlier today for that. And right yeah. when they when they were introducing a gold medalist, I was like, oh, Matt didn't tell us about this. Then they went with somebody that's won more gold medals than anybody else. That would be mm-hmm. Michael Phelps. 
Yeah. So I, I feel a little bit bad for you. I kind of understand where you're coming from here. Yeah. I, I'd feel the same way. It's tough. It's a hard life. Yeah, I'm Team Hamilton, I think. <laughs> you weren't the first gold medalist I've met, so just... Who just, was? Bo Hoopman. Who is that? Rower. Nice. Okay. <laughs> from my hometown. Yeah. Dynamite drop in, G. Thanks for <laughs> that. I just had to you know, heat check him a little bit. Yeah. yeah well, that's I, I, no, I've been heat checking myself. I've, been, I've done been heat checked by the AmFam and by the Green Bay Packers. So I'm reading the list of celebrities that will be attending the Pro-Am that you're attending in South Carolina that same week in June at the same time of the AmFam Championship. <laughs> uh, some of the names on this list, Jay, uh, you tell me if you think they're more famous than Matt. You ready? Canelo Alvarez, the boxer. No. <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> Brian Baumgartner, Kevin from The Office. Uh, yeah, he, he might have you beat. Uh, Michael Collins, ESPN golf analyst. Definitely. I'm not a big golfer, so I. Whereas I do have family who are curls. I knew of you before I met you. I'd uh, say you got him. All right, four more. Larry Fitzgerald, former yeah, Arizona not Cardinal. Even close. Ken Griffey Jr., baseball hall of fame. Yeah, he's got you beat. Uh, Todd Gurley, former Atlanta <laughs> Falcons and uh, Los Angeles Ram or St. Louis Ram. I don't know where they were located when he played with them. Yeah, he's Los got Angeles, you beat. I think. Uh, last one, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> His name's Dan. Just says Larry the Cable Guy on the, on the website. His name's Dan. Okay, yeah, I know. He also uh, far outweighs you. He, You're punching above your weight bracket here, Bob. Oh, I know. That's why I love this event so much. <laughs> you going to win? Maybe. I lost to Canelo. I got second place to Canelo, and that's the closest I've ever come to and winning. You, you did this event last year. Yep. And you did a uh, you did a radio show on the home of the Clemson Tigers. You remember this? <laughs> yes, I do. And do you remember what you failed I to mention? I did when, two radio shows. And do you remember what you failed to mention on those radio shows? No. That you do a radio show? Oh, no, I told the one guys. I told the first group. What about the second group? I don't know, probably. It wasn't it's brought up. important part of my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't make it seem that way. Oh, sorry. This is a pretty important part of your life. Yeah. It's like third or fourth most important part of my life. Uh, What's the top three? Curling, wife, not in no particular order. Dogs. (laughs) (laughs) In no particular order, trust me. Yeah, so I think it fits in four. So wife, curling, dogs in no particular order. Yes. No, that's the order. Your your dogs. That's the order. You nailed the order right there. (laughs) Your dogs are more important than your radio show. Probably, yes. Your dogs are for 15 years. Your radio show is forever. Well, maybe. (laughs) Radio show show could be till tomorrow if I say the wrong things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're off to a hot start. It's Rutledge Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Matt's mad because Simone Biles and Michael Phelps are stealing my thunder, invading his territory. Yep. And he's mad the Brewers lost 18 to 1, as we all should be, but it is what it is. Really upset about that. Yeah, how much of that game did you watch? Oh, zero. (laughs) Once they gave up, uh, they're down eight, obviously, going into the uh, eighth inning, and I just couldn't handle it. Couldn't even watch. Who would have? Nine going into the eighth inning. I thought they got ten runs in the eighth. Sorry. Sorry, I, t- I turned it off. I couldn't even pay attention anymore. I didn't have it on. I might be wrong, too. Yeah. It's okay. But it was uh, it, that's a that's a bad one. I fortunately, the game that I threw out the opening pitch at for the Brewers, yeah. we were on the other side of that. We beat somebody like 17-0. to It was one of the biggest wins in Brewers history. You think you had something to do with that? Yeah, well, I threw out the opening pitch, of course. So what's this rumor I'm hearing? So Alex Gravatt, professional athlete on the panel, uh, you play for the Madison Radicals. Hell Alex yeah. Rat also loves that ding button. You've only used all it, the time. You've only used it eighty-seven times in this first segment. Um, so you're a professional athlete. Correct. I won't. I won't ding that. Yeah. You go, go ahead. This is my giving you permission to do it. Thank you. And Madison Radicals, professional frisbee team yeah. here in Madison. My the rumor is that somebody else on this panel will be throwing out. What do they call that? The it's the equivalent of the opening pitch. The opening pull. Pull. When's the first game? Uh, we have our first home game on the 27th, coming up here in just two weeks. Okay, so 11 days from today, Matt Hamilton will be throwing out the opening poll? That is correct. And I, I can't promise this, but to my knowledge, you are the only Olympic gold medalist to have that very distinct honor. Yes! Hey, when's the last time you threw a frisbee? Oh, probably last summer. I, th- I throw a frisbee around with friends every summer. Will and you, I used to will, play will a you, lot. But will you practice for this? Or will you just show up? No prep. Probably show up no prep and then take a couple of throws with G before the game. 
I think he'll be a little occupied before the game. He's got to throw and catch anyway. He might as well throw and catch with me. Your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, usually I have a throwing partner that'll go and, and get, you know, specific throws in beforehand, some, some you know, focused throwing. But I could always practice a couple of big ones with you. I mean, I'll just go stand on my own and just practice. <laughs> There's there enough be. Frisbees. I don't need to share a well, Frisbee. Well, if, if we know anything, it's that Matt loves playing with himself. We'll talk Packers <laughs> next. It's Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Rutledge and Hamilton, roll it on. Is this Carrie Underwood? Yeah. Huh. Very on brand for us. Yeah. <laughs> Shania Twain at the Kohl Center tonight, right? I, I guess so. You love her, right? <laughs> I do like Shania Twain. She is a very pretty woman. She is. Still is. And she's Still like is. almost in her 60s, I think. I saw her in, what was that, probably 2018 in Chicago. It's about five years ago. All right. She's still got it going on. I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah. She's, she's, uh, she's a very talented lady. And Lizzo in Milwaukee tonight? Is Lizzo in Milwaukee tonight? Yup. I didn't know that. Pfizer. I think I could still snag a ticket and get over there. I got a volleyball game tonight, though. I'll play for you. All right. Not a bad deal, actually. I'll have to think about that. Anyway, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. If the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio downtown Madison. If you want to watch along with us, you can find us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search ESPN Madison. You can see all the shenanigans going on in the studio today. Quick reminder, ESPN Madison open. Registration still wide open for that. You can get your foursome in. Until the end of the month, ESPNMadisonOpen.com. All proceeds. It's going to uh, be a blast. Going towards the community around the Children's Hospital. Matt will be there. Yes, I will. she will be there. I'll be there. Rutledge will be there. Wildy will be there. Trapper's Turn. Trapper's Turn, Wisconsin Dells. ESPNMadisonOpen.com. The website for that, um, July 17th. Monday, July 17th, when that occurs. So two months from tomorrow. It's coming up quick. So make sure you get your foursome in at ESPNMadisonOpen.com. All right, I wanted to get into this a little bit, Matt. As I, I heard this earlier today, and it caught my ear, and I was curious on your take on this. There's a back and forth this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max with ESPN NFL insider Jeff Darlington and Keyshawn Johnson, host of that show. They talked about the Packers' playoff potential in 2023, and one of those guys falls on each side of the argument. So I'm curious where you fall. Here's that exchange between Jeff Darlington and Keyshawn Johnson earlier today. I'm going to say not real uh, for two reasons. The first of which is the division is very difficult this year, should be much improved. The second reason is I can't sit here and say that a team that is going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love is now going to ascend to the playoffs when they couldn't get there last year. And I'm going to say real. And I'm going to say real because of Jordan Love. I think a lot of people are putting too much mustard on the Aaron Rodgers four-time MVP that they can't make the playoffs in a division that I think is better but it's not so much better that the Packers can't do their job. Now, think about it. Mm-hmm. The only guy that is in this division that you say to yourself, okay, this team is Minnesota. Outside of that, we hyped the Detroit Lions. We still don't know what Chicago mm-hmm. wow. is. And then defensively for the Minnesota Vikings, they've got to get better. But I do like their chances in uh, Green Bay to make the playoffs. So Keyshawn Johnson has been, the last week or so, been very pro-Jordan Love. Uh, he, he's gone on a couple different you know, uh, soliloquies about why he thinks Jordan Love will be a proven starter in the NFL very quickly. And clearly that plays into his decision here, right? He says right. Packers playoff hopes are real, while Jeff Darlington, who covers the league at large, says, yeah, division's pretty good this year. We talked about it a bit yesterday, right? Minnesota probably good for this year, but future doesn't look so great. Right. Detroit, they're definitely a wild card. They were 9-8 and eight a year ago. They, just, they were right it, all there. All it's going to depend on Goff because they have some young talent around him. Yeah, but he I, can I play up Goff, to his potential. I think Goff gets too much slack, Matt. Right? Like I think that's a guy who I mean, time slack. and time again is like people give him too much of a hard time. Flack. Slack would be like <laughs> You're right. he gets away with <laughs> You know being what I meant? Yeah. You know what I meant? He gets too much flack. Thank you with an F. Yes, F U. Um I I think <laughs> I think 
I, I think he gets too much flack, catches too much flack. Because yeah. I, I think he has, has proven time and time again, right, when, whether he's in L.A. with the Rams and getting them to a Super Bowl or if he's in Detroit and bring them to a 9-win team. Time and time again, he's proven he can do he can do a solid job. I'm not sitting here and telling you he's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Right. But I would maybe make the case he's a top-five, top-four quarterback in the NFC. So I, I think Detroit is probably the team to beat in the division this year. Minnesota's still a wild card. Chicago is going to be the basement dweller again. I really believe that. I don't yeah. think they're going to be that much improved. I like Justin Fields, but I think that's probably still a five-win team. Right. Green Bay is is the biggest wild card, though. Obviously, with the uncertainty around Jordan Love, but I wouldn't count out a playoff a playoff run for this team. I just wouldn't count on it either. Come right. on, Strofe. I'm I'm totally with you there. Uh you did say Minnesota is a wild card. I don't think it's. They're the most. I think that's the team we know the most about right now. Yeah, we most stable Kirst- for this year. I agree. We know everything that that team is capable of with the players they have currently. Like they're probably going to be either one or two in the division. Now, the Packers, big question mark. Jordan Love, he could go out there, and if he is seems serviceable, I think with with the talent, the the very raw talent, but the talent that we have around him on offense, that we might be good enough to get to a playoff. And get to a playoff game. Now, but I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I would love to see it, but I'm not going to count on it. Yeah. D- does the youth movement scare you or does it totally excite you? Totally scares me. Scare I me mean, or excite you more? Uh, right now, it scares me. Come during the season, and if you're starting to see some plays that look like like they have, like, it looks like it wasn't like a rookie play. It's like someone who's seen football enough times where they're making the smart move or the smart decision. Seeing that is encouraging, and that gives me gets me a little more excited for the youth because it's like, wow, they're picking up on it. They're still only, you know, 23, 24, 22 years old, and they're picking up on, the, the like, the scheme of the game. Like, that's fantastic when you, when you see that. Uh, as far as physically gifted, like, that's why you should be excited about youth, but – it's tough to replace that sort of like know-how that a veteran can bring about. So if you can see some of those veteran plays out of your younger teammates, then uh, you got to be excited. But right now, when we haven't seen anything, I got to say I'm a little nervous slash scared for the how young this team is. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. We threw that poll on Twitter at ESPN Madison at Jim and Matt. Today's Iron Jock poll question: Does the youth movement the Packers are in more scare or excite you? You can vote on that poll now on Twitter at ESPN Madison at Jim and Matt. I'll say this right away, right right out, out of the gates as we stand here on on May 16th. It more excites me. Right, because it is a completely different era. And you and I are both here. All three of us, in fact, are all here, right? Pretty much all we know as Packers fans is Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and winning a lot of freaking football games. Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley for a little bit in there. <laughs> uh, who was the other guy? Does Sean Kaiser play a little Wallace. bit? Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace got a game. Scott Tolzien, the Badgers legend. Flynn. Uh, Matt Flynn, he only started one or two games. Never what are you during... talking about? He was like one of that legendary almost comeback against the Patriots game. That's right. That's right. That was one but, of the... but then obviously he, he threw the most uh, most touchdowns in a single game in Packers history yeah. against the Lions that one year. Yeah. And then he went and got his money from tied. Seattle and never started. Tied it. Tied it. Tied it? Yeah, right. Six. It tied it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's still a record if it's tied. That's just, true. Just the like Brewers the Brewers last night. Record. 17 run deficit. They tied the record. Um, so I, I, I think right now it excites me, but if this is a three and 14 year, yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared about what the future looks like. Honestly, three and 14 doesn't scare me. Three and 14. There's two things you can pull from it. Maybe it's like the bears where you had eight, one score games that you lost. And then you think, okay, you know, you flip half of those, you're in the mix for the playoffs. You're probably not making it with that record, but you're at least in the mix. If if you're getting blown out, then you're like, okay, this quarterback's not the guy. We can move on. The thing that scares me the most is if we go like seven wins next year, eight wins next year. Why would that scare you? Because then it's like, is Jordan Love the guy? Or or, or is he or is this his cap? Is his like middling of the road, like average quarterback the cap? But I don't think a win-loss in record would indi- give you any indication on what Jordan Love is. You could well, go no, no, 13 no. and you, four, and he could be awful. There's, there's uh, intricacies to it, like I was saying, like with the with the one-score games. Like if there's a lot of one-score games that we're on the wrong side of, then I'm like, hey, Jordan Love got us in pretty close position to win games. Another year of development that 
could change in your favor. Sure. Good chance. But if he goes nine and eight, why would that scare you not, more? Not, I mean, nine and eight puts you a little bit more in the like, okay, he's in the hunt. That's why I'm saying like that six to seven, six to even eight, that middling range where it's not like he didn't do anything fantastic, but he didn't do anything super bad that merits getting rid of him and moving on. Getting stuck with a guy who's super average at quarterback is what scares me as a Packer fan. But I don't think win-loss record changes how you feel about him, right? I think it's more his play than it is win-loss record. You look well, down at Chicago yeah, and Justin okay. Fields with three and fourteen, they, they're confident they have his guy. Exclusively basing it off. But you of said that. the worst case scenario is six to eight wins. But I don't. I don't think win-loss. In, like, what if he's terrific? What if he just? What if he just has a, a much better season than Rodgers did a year ago? Goes goes six and eleven. Right. There's going to be there's going to be other things that. Uh, like have influence on this decision or like my feeling on Jordan Love, but I just feel like that's that record is what makes me nervous is one. We, we hopefully we see something that shows that he's going to get better. But if we don't see anything, that's obviously a middling record. We don't want as Packer fans for the continued future. And two, you did just well enough to get outside of the top 10 for draft picks. So you're not necessarily going to get a superstar in that spot. Being somewhere in the middle of the draft and having a quarterback that you think is maybe not great but also isn't bad is what scares me. Okay. I, I, I feel like you're having a little PTSD from last year, right? They go 8-9. and nine, You don't see any Jordan Love. You get the worst possible draft pick you can without getting A, an answer on Love, or B, making the 100%. Pass. So is this just like your PTSD? Six weeks, seven weeks prior to the end of the season, I said what, exactly what happened is the worst-case scenario for yeah. the Packers. Yeah, and you nailed it. Right? And I nailed You're it. totally right about it. And that. now all I'm saying is this is the worst-case scenario for the Packers moving forward is if we don't see anything like wow from Jordan Love, but we still get six, seven, eight wins. It, it just sounds to me like your fandom PTSD is speaking, I'm, more so than Matt Hamilton. Yes, the, the PTSD is real, and it's something that is going to be hard to shake. <laughs> Did you see uh, Brandon Marshall, former NFL receiver, said he would come out of retirement to play with Aaron Rodgers? Well, I mean, he, he also announced like he also announced Aaron Rodgers' retirement like three days before he came out of darkness. That's true. That's true. This guy's a clown. Brandon Marshall loves to loves him some him. He loves stealing the limelight. Uh, you know who doesn't steal the limelight? That was Canopy Wealth Management. A Canopy, they take the time to truly get to know and understand the dynamics of your values, goals, and plans for your family. No family fits a generic mold, and neither should your financial plan. At Canopy, their clients' financial goals are something they're constantly striving to help reach maximum potential, which is why they work solely in your best interest. You define your goals, and they work toward making them happen with their comprehensive financial planning. Go to canopy-wealth.com to get started with Canopy Wealth Management today. That's canopy-wealth.com. We'll continue this conversation about the youth movement. What's your take? You scared? You excited? A little bit of both? We'd love to hear from you on the ESPN Madison Talk and Text Line. 844-770-3776. That's 844-770-ESPN. That's your way into Rutledge and Hamilton, which, of course, is presented by Coors Light. We roll on right after this. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Rutledge and <laughs> Hamilton. I'm your host, Matt Hamilton, alongside WBA award winner, <laughs> Alex Strope. <laughs> We're at the Everlight Solar ESPN Madison Studios in downtown Madison, having a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. And we're asking you, how on our Iron Jock poll question, does the youth movement the Packers are in scare or excite you more? Currently, we've got excites at 74% versus the 26% at scares. So I'm kind of interested on that. Youth tends to not be something that's super desirable as far as teams that are looking to win now. Typically, you find a nice mix. You have some veterans, you have some youth. They come together and they're able to like put it on track. These guys, the Packers to me, seem a little bit raw. So it does surprise me a little bit that we're more excited than scared. So, Alex, you said you were excited. Can you elaborate on what excites you so much about this young Packers team? That was incredible. Wow. I'm incredibly <laughs> impressed. That was, that, was, that was really nicely done by Matt yeah. Hamilton. The guy's a radio host. 
I mean, there's nothing else to say about that, right? Like we have we have guys, or maybe we've thrown them in that position before, and they just fall flat on their face. Matt Hamilton actually crushed that consummate professional. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. So well, I'm sorry. What was your question? I was so distracted <laughs> by how well you did there. I was. I had mentioned that before we went to break. You had said that this youth, this youthful Packer team has got you excited. It does at yeah. this point. So I was yeah. curious what exact, what the most but exciting part about it is. I like your point because typically in the NFL, ninety nine times out of ten, a youthful team, the youngest team in the league, mind you, the Green Bay Packers are the youngest team in the league uh, by by average age, is never a good thing, right? It, it rarely, 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 rarely leads to success. Right. Um, there are a few exceptions to that. Very, very few exceptions to that. So. It excites me because it's so brand new. It's it's the complete unknown. It's the mystery box from Family Guy we've alluded to before from The Price is Right, right? It, it is you really don't know what's behind that door. You can have the brand new car with Aaron Rodgers or you can have whatever's behind that right. door. And for the first time in three decades, as Packers fans, we're finding out what's behind that door. It's Jordan Love. We know that. Right. But how good is Jordan Love? Is he like a crappy 2007 Saturn Ion? <laughs> or is he a 2023 Chevy Camaro from Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb, right? Like, yeah. which, which one is it? So, I, I mean, I'm incredibly intrigued, and that's what excites me about this, the, the youthful, uh, the youth of this team. And when you look at, uh, when you look at those things from a, a perspective of, you know, the, the young receivers, right? The most experienced receiver on the Packers is Christian Watson. He played one. He played one NFL season. <gasps> yeah. Romeo Dobbs also, you know, the most right. experienced receiver on the Packers. Right. Most cases, you'll be crying, but it it, it it these are guys that Aaron Rodgers didn't really work with last year. Right. right. He, he didn't put the extra time. And they in probably did work quite a bit with Love. Yeah, you're you're right about you that. Think. You think you think, but you also don't know. So uh, it, it's fascinating, and, and uh, we'll, we'll talk with Jason Wilde in a few minutes about this uh, coming up around two forty-five. So I'm um, I'm intrigued. I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited for now, but if this really turns out to be a total, total waste of time and a total disaster, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be incredibly scared and disappointed for what the future holds. But this is a team that is not used to not being successful, and I don't think they will be unsuccessful. I, I'm not sitting here and telling you they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm right. not sitting here and even telling you they're, they're playoff contenders. The NFC is open. The NFC North is mostly open, yeah. but the NFC at large is open, right? Could they sneak in as a seven seed and lose in the first round? And would we call that a success? Absolutely we would Absolutely. in year one under Jordan Love. Yeah. So uh, the unknown is what's exciting to me, and, and that's why I'm excited for now. Yeah. And I don't know how long that will last, but for, for now I'm excited. <clears throat> now, the, the main reasons that I'm scared is, one, as we have alluded to a while, I am the oldest one on our panel today at 34 years old. I have only... Two years of life experience, which I do not remember, with a different quarterback under center. So we are turning this page from Hall of Fame quarterback, and it's not just necessarily turning the page as a franchise. We're, like, ch- turning chapters as a franchise. The last chapter was entitled Pro Bowl Caliber Quarterbacks. Now, this is the Wild Blue Yonder is the name of this Ooh. chapter. We are literally going in with no real idea because we know it's Jordan Love, but we don't know what he has. And I don't, we don't know if this chapter is going to be a success story with Jordan Love, whether it's going to be a story of flipping quarterbacks every couple years like the Bears have been doing for the last decade, or is it going to be somewhere in between where we're going to find just serviceable guys? Yeah. I, it, it makes me more nervous because knowing – Knowing what I know and what I've experienced, the likelihood of that being the same or at least comparable is so slim. And I'm just, I just personally don't know if I'm ready for that as a Packer fan. I liked, I really enjoyed knowing and believing that every single season we had a shot at the Super Bowl. And this is the first year in a long, long time that I'm like, Super Bowl is out of the picture, but playoffs would be great. Yeah. And that's, it's definitely weird. Uh, adjusting my um, goalpost, so to speak, as a fan. No, it is weird. Uh, what did you call it? Oh, the over blue yonder? <laughs> no, into like into the blue yonder. 
The, what is a blue yonder? The like, wild know, blue yonder is just kind of like the unknown. Out it's yonder, like a, I know that. Yeah. But I've never heard blue yonder. Wild blue yonder? I think it's more I like... I feel like you're at, mincing things. Like, I think you've taken the Wild West... No, no, no. Wild blue yonder is a, a phrase. <laughs> I promise you guys it's a phrase. I'm Googling Google it. it. The right. wild blue yonder. Well, well, I'll tell you this is a phrase. Winners get a Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Yeah, they more do. More spins, more wins, more fun. Over, over 1,300... Machines available at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Get this. Over $11.5 million, one in the month of April alone. Incredible. What if I wanted to go on the weekend? You can go all weekend long, Maddie. They open at 8 a.m. on Fridays. They don't close again until Monday morning. They're open all weekend long. So you can sleep. don't sleep there. That, that'd be strange. <laughs> don't do that. Stay awake and, and gamble and win money at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. More spins, more wins, more fun. All right. We're going to do this in the middle of school pickup with Jason Wilde coming up next. But G has an answer for us. The definition definitions of wild blue yonder, the sky as viewed during daylight. <laughs> the wild blue yonder. Jordan Love is the wild blue yonder. We'll talk to Jason Wilde. To the moon. Our Packers guy. Coming up next, it's Relegion Hamilton presented by the Coors Wild Blue Yonder <laughs> of Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Here on 100.5 ESPN, he is the great Jason Wilde. Jason, I want to ask you about what I just said. Michael Phelps coming in, in the celebrity foursome for the American Family Insurance Championship. Simone Biles, uh, her husband, now plays for the Packers. Matt Hamilton. Can you rank those three Olympians for me in terms of notoriety? Well, all three of them uh, appear on this show roughly the same frequency. Um <laughs> Did I just hear you say you're going to be gone for the AmFam Championship, too? I'm always gone for the AmFam Championship. That's amazing. Like, who's who's gone more from their shows? You, Tausch, or Jesse? It's Jesse, I think. Uh, I, I don't know if it's – I honestly don't close. know if it's Matt. Yeah, I don't either. Here's I the thing. Close. I had the caveat, and I'm sure Mark would have – just as much leeway if he was like, hey, I'd love to do the show, Did you but I'm still competing. <laughs> Mark Tausch. Did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. Just... Oh, should, should I, I call him? He would. He yeah. Would. I, I, have to, I have to miss Friday's show. We've got practice, and then i got to play right tackle on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's basically and, what I'm telling my guys, and I have to be gone. And I tease you a lot, but I, I do it out of love. Uh, <laughs> it's more my disappointment. That I don't get to talk to you as regularly as I as I would like. And by the way, uh, there was a guarantee made last Tuesday that you both were going to be here, and I noticed that That's one true. person is not here. Yeah, so, well, I, I could only guarantee for myself, so I made sure to follow through on my. I also guaranteed promise. I would be here, and I am here, Jason. So two thirds of us are here. It's not the yeah, normal I'm saying, I'm just front saying, two. Yep. Yeah. Which hopefully oh, is like uh, Jordan Love's completion percentage next year. So Two of three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'd be okay with I that. I would take that. <laughs> uh, before we get into Jordan Love, Jason, though, all jokes aside, when I bring up Simone Biles, her husband Jonathan Owens was signed, uh, the safety who played last year in Houston, started all 17 games. I believe there's such things as a stupid question, so I'm going to ask you one. Is it safe to assume that Jonathan Owens will be a starting safety for the Packers in 23? Is it safety to assume? Yeah, not, 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 that's clever. Uh, not I don't think it's safe to assume that, no. Um, you know, he did start last year, but he was, as the legendary Lee Remmel, the longtime uh, Packers PR director for many, many, many years, going back to the Lombardi era, like to say he was a ham and egger, um, which means he's a fringe roster guy. And last year with one of the worst teams in the league, if you remember, obviously, Houston, was, it, had they not won their last game, the Texans would have had the number one overall pick instead of the Bears. Uh, so, Lovey Smith, great job uh, sticking it to the team that then fired you instead of the team that had fired you previously. <laughs> but I, I like. I think. I think this. I think Jonathan Owens is an option. I think Rudy Ford is an option. Uh, I think uh, Tavarius Moore, who is also a special teams kind of ham and egger type guy. Uh, that they signed from San Francisco is an option, but the bottom line is they don't they don't have anybody that's a clear cut starter. I mean, even even if we uh, give Darnell Savage that uh, credit of that he's a starter, uh, let's not forget he got benched last year. Mm-hmm. He got benched, 
as a as a guy that they had picked up the fifth year option on, right? I mean, so even a guy that is a former first round pick who they liked enough to give a seven point five million dollar guarantee to uh, before last season for this season couldn't even keep his job at that position. So uh, that is one of the positions where they are decidedly undecided. And I don't think we can guarantee that anybody is a sure thing to start there. Very true. <clears throat> so we do have a couple sure things starters. Uh, we have Jordan Love and we have Aaron Jones. <laughs> Those are the surefire guys. How about David Bakhtiari, Matt? <laughs> I, what I'm well, curious of, I'm, obviously we're not concerned at the running back position or really, I mean, maybe a little bit with our backup quarterback, but not really at the quarterback position. What uh, position group on either side of the ball do you think the Packers need to address next or have the most concerned about? Uh, well, first of all, uh, hi, guys. How was your day? Okay. Good? All right. All right. The girls Pick are in the time. car now. Hi, girls. Uh, yeah. Hope you hey had girls. a great day. Um, look, I, I thought it was really interesting, and Tausch and I spent a pretty uh, extended period on it, and I was actually sitting uh, behind Rob Domofsky during our press conferences today. Because he was getting some grief on Twitter uh, when they did their power rankings on ESPN.com. Every one of them, all the 32 beat writers, were uh, tasked with saying what area post-draft have the, have your, has your team improved the most in. And Domofsky, and I 1,000% agree with him, said nowhere. And... I thought Tausch twisted himself into a pretzel today, and he he was right. I, don't, I want to be clear. I'm not saying he wasn't right, but I think he proved the point. He said the place where they're the most improved position-wise is offensive line because Bakhtiari is finally apparently over his knee problems. Elton Jenkins moved back to left guard and played really well down the stretch, and he'll be back to himself, unlike last year when he struggled earlier in the year. And I said, Tausch, or as you would call him, Mark, um, <laughs> you just you just named like the one position on the entire roster where they added literally no one in the draft, <laughs> in free agency, like no one. So you're proving the point about how unimproved their roster is that you say offensive line, which I don't think he's wrong because of that health improvement. But, like, they've done nothing. They've changed a lot. But you can't say that for this season, even with whatever potential you see in Jaden Reed and in uh, Grant DuBose um, and the three guys that were draft picks last year, like, and the kid from Virginia, Tay Wicks, like, no matter what potential you see in them, there's no way you can say they're better right now with those young guys. They're all unproven, including the two guys that you were excited about last year. Like, I understand you can't take away the four games, but, like, the entire season that was impressive about Christian Watson was basically four games. That four-game window closed, and he disappeared again. Like, in that Vikings game that they won 41-17 to or whatever, he had one catch for 11 yards. So yeah. I don't think they're improved anywhere. Now, they're, they could two or three years from now, we could be like, wow, those two tight ends they took, those guys are both studs. Like, they're really, really good, right? That's possible. But do you really think that they'll be appreciably better as rookies than, say, Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis? And I'm talking about everything that they're going to be asked to do. I don't think as rookies they're going to be. I mean, one of the guys played two games last year. In Luke Musgrave. So uh, I think they've, they're they long on potential and short on short-term improvement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, some not-so-encouraging not words. For. Yeah, what? Jim's off I'm today, to Jason. I, I mean, we, I thought we were going to be pro-Packers today. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Matt. Um, so, Jason, with that said, and I, I, I'd like you to try and remain in the realm of realisticness here. What would be the ideal situation then for the Packers moving forward? Like, where do they finish this season? Like, did draft picks and a low finish help more? Like, do we want to see an Aaron Rodgers 
first year kind of thing out of Jordan Love, where there's a lot of flair, but we're still six and ten at the time, but six and eleven this year. Is that like an yeah, ideal I'm picking scenario? Them to go, yep, yep. I'm picking them to go six and eleven. Uh, they've got a pretty easy schedule when you look at it mm-hmm. uh, realistically, but uh, I'm guessing much like you're looking at uh, the schedule and going, well, they play the Bears twice; they're not very good. Uh, they play Carolina; they're not very good. I'm guessing the Bears are looking at the schedule and Carolina's looking at the schedule going, oh, the Packers aren't what they were before. We're not afraid of them. We can win that game, right? Like, they right. are no longer the team that you're like, oh, God, that's that's tough. we got to beat Rodgers, right? we got to shut Rodgers down or whatever. So I, I do think, look, I don't think there's any benefit to losing or tanking. Right. Um, certainly not in Green Bay is that acceptable. Now, has it worked for some teams in certain sports? I suppose so. Um, didn't Philly tank for both Joel Embiid and for uh, the guy that's in uh, Brooklyn or Ben Simmons? Yeah, now? Ben Simmons. Ben yeah. Simmons. Um, and you know, I would say they went one for two there. And based on how Joel Embiid played in Game Seven, they went zero for two. Well, the Pistons but, uh, are really hoping for their pick tonight. They're tanking tasks to pay off for them. Right, and so you know, if the Packers go three and fourteen. Um, and have a chance at the number one overall pick. Uh, first of all, it means Jordan Love was horrendous or suffered a major injury and missed the most of the season. Because even as a first-year starter, he is better than, say, having to start Sean Clifford, who would be the next step right now in May. Um, so, no, I, I think the ideal situation is, you know, they're, they're if I'm picking them to go 6-11, and 11, but somehow they're sitting with two weeks left in the season uh, at six and nine or seven and eight, and if they could win their last two games, they could sneak into the playoffs at eight and nine or nine and eight. Uh, I, I always think winning and experience uh, are much better, and so you learn a lot from losing. You know, even Matt, like with your gold medal, you also probably learned a lot from the times when you didn't win. Yeah, a gold medal, and I think that's true for a football team or a sixth-grade basketball team or whatever it might be. But I also think there's incredible value in experiencing that feeling of winning and wanting it more and more and getting that taste of it to say, this is what I want. I'm not going to settle for losing. And I think creating the losing culture of, oh, it's okay because we're tanking, uh, I just think that's a terrible idea. And... I don't think there's a lot of Packers fans who think that's what they're doing, but given how young they are at so many spots, their margin for error between you know seven and ten, six and eleven, and three and fourteen, four and thirteen, I don't think is very big. Right. And I think they could they could have a really tough time if a few things don't that really go against. Them. No, I totally agree with you. Jason Wilde with us here on Rutledge and Hamilton. You can hear him each and every weekday morning, 9 to noon, with the Packers Hall of Famer, Mark Tauscher. Real quick, last thing for you, Jason, is you mentioned talking with the coordinators earlier today. I think uh, maybe the second most controversial move the, the Packers did slash did not make this offseason was, was keeping around Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator. What was the big takeaway for you? Speaking with him earlier today is obviously a lot of, uh, lot of the couch GMs not happy he's returning as the defensive coordinator here in 2023. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really I know Adam Stenovich pretty well. I remember him as a player. He came in as an undrafted rookie uh, when Tausch was still playing. Uh, and I really enjoy my back and forth with Rich Bisaccia. I think I annoy him a little bit, but he always gives really good answers to my questions, even if he's annoyed by me. That's your job. But Joe, Joe Barry, I think Joe Barry, from what I can gather – is a really nice man who comes into his interactions with us hell-bent on trying to say as little as possible. And I think that was the case today. Um, you know, somebody asked him if he was, I don't know if they asked him if he was surprised that he was back or if he was concerned that he was not going to be back, and he just said no. It was the shortest answer of the press conference. Uh, and then somebody else asked him, about expectations and the number of uh, first-round picks he has on his side of the ball. And, you know, the question wasn't really asked all that well, and he kind of bobbed and weaved a little bit. And I I followed it by saying, look, Joe, to be fair, 
I want to read what Goody said after the draft or after they picked Van Ness. And he said, there's been a lot of investment on that side of the ball and the expectations are high. And I said, Joe, you know, I understand expectations around here are always high everywhere, but when you have that many first round picks and you didn't live up to the expectations that you and many others had for this defense last year, uh, don't you have to be better this year? And he acknowledged that they do. And he talked about how inconsistent they were, but Again, I would hope that privately he has lots of uh, very clear-cut ideas on where they need to be better and where they weren't good enough a year ago because to just stand up there and say, well, we weren't consistent enough last year and we played well at times and we played poorly at others, well, as Mark Tauscher would say, no blank, blank. All the defenses can say that. But yours was supposed to be a top-five defense, and you weren't the top-five defense. So what the hell are you going to do to be better? And he did not give us much of a vision on what that looks like. Yes. Yeah, so so when, when you hold your cards close to the vest like like you're saying he was today, is, is that any indication of the type of coordinator he is? I, I don't want to read too far into this, but that's that's really interesting to me, that the takeaway you have. Yeah, I, I'll give him credit. Like, And he didn't like the word simplify, which it wasn't my word. Like, I used it. But it was really Lafleur who said they simplified things down the stretch, and they got better results. But, like, when you've got Jair Alexander publicly questioning your process and your decision-making, and then when things get better, he basically refused to give Joe Barry credit for them being better. That's not a ringing endorsement. So, again, I, I, I don't know. All I know is uh, with a first-time starter at quarterback and a bunch of, you know, children at your skill positions other than your running backs. Um, I think this team needs this defense to be really good. Maybe not dominant, but close to dominant. And with Joe Barry back as the coordinator and some uncertainty at safety that we discussed and a lot of first-round picks, but I'm not sure how many of them have performed at an elite level as first-round picks, I have no evidence that tells me that I, I expect these guys to be an elite defense. They will If they turn out to be elites, that'll be great for the Packers, but that is not what I'm expecting from them. They're going to have to prove that to me because I don't believe that they have proven, me, proven enough to me for me to say, oh, they're going to be an elite defense this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Money as always, yeah. Jason. Appreciate the time, buddy. Thank you. All right, fellas. Take care. Be good. That's the great Jason Will that you can hear on weekdays, 9 to noon, alongside the Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher. I'm Will and Tausch right here on 100.5 ESPN. He's the Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton. I'm Alex Struff. This is Rutledge and Hamilton. It is presented by Coors Light. We're back in two minutes. Hey, Matt Hamilton here. For close to 155 years, Leine's has stayed true to the Jacob Leinekugel's vision for combining German brewing traditions of his 